You guys are in for a treat. Today's episode is called Generations, Mothers, and Daughters When You're Nothing Alike Yet 100% the Same. Building strong, powerful women for our future. My mom is in town. She is my safe place. Growing up, she was my best friend. We are complete opposites, yet I have so much of her in me that it drives me crazy. It wasn't until I had my first daughter that I realized my mother isn't just a mom. She's a woman. When I look at my daughters, I see so much of me in them. It often causes projective identification, making it difficult to see them as individuals. I often wonder if they will ever see me as just a woman trying to be the best mother, an exceptional wife, hold down a career, but most importantly, if they will ever see me as me. I think oftentimes we forget that our mothers are human. They've lived through a lot of the same things that we are going through now, sometimes worse, because we always try to do better for our children. So join me, Luana Kamihara, as I go down memory lane with my mom, as we open up and discuss some of our feelings, our our relationships, our um, highs and our lows of parenting and what that's going to do for our future generations and how that's affected me as a mother. And you'll also get to hear from my daughter, my oldest daughter, Puolani. This is Challenge with a Purpose podcast and you're listening to Generations, Mothers and Daughters when you're nothing alike yet 100% the same. So today we have a special guest. We have my mama, Florence. She also goes by Lori. That is a interesting story. I'll let her tell that if we have a moment to do that. Um, but I invited her in on this podcast because when I was thinking about what I wanted to do the podcast on this week, and this is probably going to be a pretty... Um, intense podcast and maybe some crying and tears definitely some laughters I we did a bit with my daughter um, my oldest daughter only um, but I started thinking about there an incident happened with my oldest daughter last week and it just really made me think about it and then my mom came in on last Thursday, and she's here for the holidays, which I'm so happy to have her here with us, even though I feel bad because I'm studying for my exam and I'm working and it's just haven't really got to spend that much time with her, which sucks, but I think she's understanding of it. I hope she is. <laughs> um, but I wanted to have her in 
on this podcast because I started thinking, how cool is that to have three generations of people under one roof of pretty strong women, strong-willed women. I get it from my mom. I don't think she even realizes how strong she is, but she is very strong. And then I'm pretty strong-willed. Maybe we're more... um, Some people might want to call it being hard-head or bratty, but I like to think we're strong-willed. And Puolani is exactly the same, and so is Isabel. Uh, But I started thinking about how we oftentimes just see our moms as moms. My mom is my my safe place. She's my comfort zone. And sometimes we can have really... um, in the therapy world, a, a, you know, a strange attachments or strong attachments or unhealthy attachments. But I think we've always had a really good one and not, you know, not to say we didn't have our fair share of arguments and even in my adult life, but it wasn't until I had my first daughter that I finally started to see my mom just as a woman, as a person. And then when this incident happened with Puolani last week, it really made me start to think about what my mom was like as a, as a young mother of young children. Like, I know what she was like probably from about the time of Pua's age, ten, you know, nine, ten years old, maybe even as far back to seven. But the type of mother she really is, like, I'm, I was trying to think about because I, I can have a temper. I do have quite a temper, actually. I'm a little bit of a short fuse sometimes, especially with my kids. And I don't know if a lot of other moms are like that, but I feel like it's worse with my children than with anybody else. Um, so I was just curious as to how my mom, because my mom isn't really an angry person. And so I just wanted to kind of get her take on what it was like for her Mostly as a parent to a... And two, she had a boy first. She had my brother first. And I always tease her that my brother is her favorite. But I tease her because I know it's true. (laughs) Yeah. But I do think that moms, especially seeing my mother-in-law with her son, I think there's definitely a special, special place. And I always wanted a son, but I don't have one. Um, but I think there's definitely a special, special place in a mom's heart for her boy. And I see that with my friends who have daughters and sons, there's definitely a more, like a a really special place in their heart for their boys. But I just wanted to know, especially after having a boy, what it was like for you to have a daughter. Like, did you have dreams and goals for your daughter? Because I know, just to give you guys a little background too, my mom... She had a pretty rough childhood herself. She grew up very poor. I think, what did you say you guys used to eat like on a nightly basis? Like a can of beans and... Beans and ham. We would fried chicken every Sunday. That was like our good meal. That was like your treat to have? Mm-hmm. But every night, they, and, and there were seven of them. Mm-hmm. Seven. She had seven brothers and sisters, and they would have to share literally like a can of beans or ham. So... um. She had a pretty abusive father. Sorry if you don't. I hope it's okay. Yeah. Um, 
but she had a pretty abusive stepfather and she doesn't, she didn't grow up knowing who her real father was. So that's always been a thing for my mom and she's, you know, she's gotten help for that and stuff. But, um, she had a pretty, pretty rough childhood, but she always, I think, remained pretty close with her own mom. I mean, my grandma was always there in our life. Um, but anyway, so tell me a little bit about that, like having you having your own daughter, what that was like for you. Well, when, you know, back then they didn't tell you what you were going to have. So I didn't know till the day you were born that you were a girl. Really? Oh my God, I yeah. did not know that until just now. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I realized that until now. They were just starting out on the ultrasounds and stuff, really. Um, so you didn't, I didn't know you were a girl till you were born. So I didn't have any feelings as far as, you know, I mean, I wanted a girl because we want, you know, I already had a boy, so I wanted a girl. But I didn't let myself get all excited about it until the minute you were born. <laughs> and then all the feelings come rushing in, you know. I mean, when you're pregnant, you don't think about, oh, my child, I want him to do this or do that or whatever you're you're it's like the day they're born that's when you think my kid's going to be amazing and it's not just with your first child it's with your second child and I'm sure it's with somebody that's had a third child or a fourth child um she's crying already the only thing I wished for you is that you'd be happy in your life that was my biggest wish. That you wouldn't have regrets of being a child and stuff. So. Where does that come from? Because of my childhood, I didn't want to leave. I didn't want you to have that type of childhood. Was that the same? Um, so we obviously always want our kids. Like I know when I got pregnant and you do kind of think back on your own childhood and like, oh, how am I going to do things differently? Mm-hmm. Or how am I going to try to be better for my children? Um, so I'm guessing that probably crossed your mind a lot. A lot. With both having Lenny and me. Yeah. But specifically, and I just kind of want to make, just because I'm trying, you know, like a lot of my podcast is really kind of geared towards women and empowering women Uh and giving them the, um, and then being, you know, this generational, like, was it a little bit different knowing that you were, now that you knew that I was a girl? I was what would you think was a little different from me than having your son? Like, how um, did that? How did that shift your ideas for? Obviously, we all want our kids to be happy, and but did you I have really any didn't. dreams that maybe you had as a child that you hoped would be able to give to me, or it would, you know, be different for yeah, me? But it was. 
it was the same dream, I think, for both of you to be successful and to be happy and to have your own family to... I know I wish I could live a lot closer to you and your brother both and that, but I've got you both spread apart there. I mean, look, it's been a year since I've seen you. I know. Downhill. And that's really hard. I know. But as far as dreams for both of you, I think I had about the same dreams for both of you to be yeah. just happy with your lives. Yeah. Okay. How did you see me as a child? Like, and the reason I ask that is because when I look at, and I think I do this a lot, like I know I'm bad at this and it's something I'm working on is I project a lot onto my girls, um, my, my thoughts, my beliefs, my hopes, my dreams, unfortunately they get put on them a lot. Like when I see them and sometimes I, like as, like not, like when they were babies, I would just, it's hard to see them for their individual self, I guess, especially as a child, because you're still trying to guide them and lead them. But when I do look at them, I, I can see specific traits in them that I think to myself, wow. And then I don't really know how to, do, how to handle it or deal with it because it's so different from myself. Like, how did you do that? Because I feel like you and I, my mom and I, I feel like we're super different in a lot of things, <laughs> but we're, but we're like the same person. Does that make sense? Am I yeah. asking that question of what I'm, like, how did you see yeah. me as a child? Not now, but as a parent of a young child, when I was a young child, did, did you, did, did you sense, did, was it like that for you too? Not really. Um, I think for me it was more of me just wanting you. I really wanted you and your brother. My biggest dream was for both of you to really get the concept of different lives, of different cultures. Um, and, that, and that's what I wanted from you because of your dad being from American Samoa. It was, I wanted you to learn his culture too some, but that didn't really happen much. Um, Where does that come did, from in you? Because you grew up in a pretty all white neighborhood, didn't you? No. No? We were raised with. Um, I don't know how to say it, with every color from dark to white, we had all kinds of... Where did you grow up? In Denver, in right? In Denver, yeah. So it was pretty cultured there, then? Yeah. Oh. I mean, you still had the prejudice a lot. You, yeah. You know, it was, growing up, it was, but most of our friends were of different races they were never 
It was never like you. We were never raised from mom's side that, um, you know, you can't be friends with this person or that. My stepdad would, he would make comments, but we would just kind of laugh at him like he was stupid for it. Yeah. Um, we never thought much. I mean, he never kicked him out of the house or anything like that or made him leave or anything, but he would make comments. Huh. See, I didn't, I didn't realize that because, and I think because growing up, like, You've never, like, I remember, I gotta tell you guys a story, when I, I think, I'm, if I remember right, we were in Las Vegas, visiting Aunt Needy, and we went to a grocery store, and I remember we were in the grocery store, because I remember we were with, I think it was Aunt Sandra or Aunt Sharon, one of them, they're sure. twins, so I can, I don't, I was young, it was that time we drove from California, to right. do you remember how old I was? Right. I must have only been you maybe five or grade. six. Yeah, you were first grade. But I remember walking through that grocery store and I seen a black guy holding a white lady's hand. And I remember I asked my mom, Mom, they're holding hands. And my mom said to me, well, yeah, you can, you can love whoever you want to love. And from that moment on, I was like, because I always identified with myself as being a white girl. As a little white girl, and why with your dad? I don't why know. I just do always did because dad never really taught us our Samoan side. He always yeah. was very much. And I remember asking my father later on, like I think I was in college before he passed away. I'd asked him why he did that, and he said he wanted me to be successful, which is really sad, and that's a whole nother story. But I remember telling my mom, "I'm gonna marry a black guy," <laughs> and I swore. And I mean, I did it. I married a Japanese guy, but that moment has always resonated with me. And I've always been so much more open, but I, my uncles, I will say love all my uncles to death, but they made a lot of comments like that all mm -hmm. the time growing up. So I just assumed, and then all my mom's side of the family, there's no other race in my family except for me and my brother. We were like the only brown kids yeah. in our family. And so my mom's family, they all, you know, married Caucasians and my uncles would make comments and, but I didn't realize they were just jokingly comments, I guess. I mean, I think maybe in my head, I knew that they didn't mean it for reals, but still as a kid, when you grow mm -hmm. up with comments like that, you just assume that they are then right. racist right. or, you know, but I guess not. So that's very interesting. I mean, I knew they all loved my dad. Everybody loved my dad, though. Yeah. Like, he was just one of those guys that you had to love. No matter, Even if he made you mad, you just had to love him. He just had that charisma about him. But that's... Oh, see? I love this. I'm, I'm learning stuff. This is like... I told you this is going to be like our own therapy session, Mom. <laughs> Without a therapist. Mm. <laughs> um... What were you like in your own eyes as a mother when I was a baby, toddler, or young child? Like, for me... <laughs> I think when you This were... is going to make me cry, because for me, I feel like, especially after the incident last week, I feel like a terrible mom. 
feel like I try my best, but I feel like I've had a lot more failures as a parent than wins. Um, I think every mother feels that. I, I really do. I think every mother feels that. But I think when you were a toddler and younger, that's when I felt like I'd done my best. It was after your dad and I divorced that I feel like... Because um, you enjoy being a mom. I enjoyed it being a mom very much. But then that got taken away from me after we got divorced because that's when I had to go to work full time and I had to have, you know. Yeah. And so I didn't have the time with you guys that I wanted to have with you. And I feel I like I lost you both in that situation because I didn't, because I couldn't spend time with you. I get like that. I, I wanted can see to. Because by the time I went to work and come home and got dinner and all of that, then it was time to put you guys to bed. So there was no time for, I guess, enjoyment is what I want to say. Yeah. And I feel like I really lost that. And then as that. you guys got older, you know, you go your own ways with your friends and stuff and yeah. Um. So you lose that. I feel like I lost that connection. And now when you both grew up and went to college and that, I know a lot of that was my fault. Because I told neither one of you go to college there in town. Because I wanted you to experience the world. I didn't want you to be like I was. But then I didn't realize that neither one of you would ever come back home either. I always thought one of you would at least move back to where I live or whatever. But it's like you both got new families and stuff, and I'm just kind of out there. Yeah. I know that's something she... (laughs) This is is a conversation we've had many times because my mom was so amazing at... Preparing me and my brother for the world. And and she's right. We both left the house and we never came back. But she she takes it personal sometimes, I think. And, and I've told her over and over, like, she should be so proud because it has nothing to do with her. But she did raise us to go out there and find the world and, and venture the world and... I feel like I haven't even done half of what I want to do or was created to do in that. I feel like I have so much more exploring and venturing to do. And um, it, it's never had anything to do with not, I want to be near my mom. I want her, I just wish she would come with me. But I know she's very happy where she is at right now and I'm super proud of her of what she's doing and her little community and stuff but it is hard it's even hard on me especially as a new parent not having you around and I always wish those are things that you don't think about when you're out there having fun exploring and venturing off when you settle down and you have children how important how so important (laughs) 
family really is because it seriously takes a village to raise a child. And when you have two or more, <laughs> then it takes sometimes several villages. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I get that a lot. I do, I do feel like, I don't know why. And I, I wanted, I felt like it was really important to ask that question because I just feel like, I don't really remember it, but it's almost like it's embedded in me. I feel like as a baby and as a toddler, those are moments I don't really, you know, we don't really remember. But I feel like that was your happiest time. I, I, like when I really well, try to think back on it. Because we were a family. Because a lot of times those are also like very um, important years if a child experiences any kind of trauma in those in those early years, you know, the zero to five years, those are like super imperative times. And I know my trauma didn't really come until just before my parents divorce, but, um, I don't, if I really try, like I, there's just something innately in me that I feel like that was probably your happiest times mm-hmm. is when you and dad were married. And I feel like you were probably, I mean, even after, I mean, Again, it's one of those things, and my mom is right. Like, I was so angry with her for a lot of my teenage and young adult life because I felt like she was never there. And her and I have had this conversation before. But it's something I didn't really realize, the sacrifices that she had to make to do it all on her own. And she's so, so strong because I'm so blessed and lucky to have a husband that supports and helps me and an in-law that helps and supports and helps us. And my mom, who even from far away still helps and supports us. Like, we're so lucky to have that. Like, I cannot even fathom doing that on my own. And I've said this before in my other podcasts. Like, I seriously commend, or that's the wrong word. (laughs) I really, really admire those single parents who truly do it on their own. And my mom right now, I think she's getting her, she's getting herself back. She's finding herself. And she's doing a lot of really great things. And I'm super proud to call her my mom. Um, what was your biggest parenting fail when you were young? Sorry, you guys. You get to you get all our tears and. Bringing a certain person into our life, kind of the. Shouldn't have been there. And I really don't want to go into that detail. Yeah, no, we don't have to. So bringing... (sighs) 
So a relationship. Yeah. That had a huge effect on all of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't have to go into detail of that. Do you think, would you say that was your biggest parent, parenting fail overall? Yes. Like even still to yes. stay with us as adults? Yes. I would have to agree, honestly. Yeah. But what's funny is that person was also a huge, yeah. was still a huge influence. Mm-hmm. And not just a negative, but a positive way right. for me as well. Right. But what I witnessed between you guys definitely was not a healthy thing, for sure. Um what are some of your parenting wins? You and your brother. Besides that, she always says that, that we're her biggest, but something you did. As an adult. Something you did as a parent that you can recall. I like feel like I did my situation. job making you guys the adults you are today. And that's my biggest accomplishment. How do you think you did that, though? I don't know. I really honestly don't know. Can you think of specific moments maybe that where maybe another parent would have just totally, excuse my language, but lost their shit on their child? Where maybe you handled it in such a way that allowed Lenny and I to grow in such a positive way? I... The one thing that... I really done is always tell you if you want to do it you've got to show me that you can do it and I remember telling you that from when you were little I mean even from like when you wanted to walk by yourself to go to school and stuff like that and I I remember following you the first time to make sure you made it there okay. You did that? Yeah. <laughs> and, because uh, I felt like, um, and then like I said, even after your dad and I divorced, then it was hard. I mean, being single and had a minimum wage job, and back then that job only paid like three fifty an hour. Is what I got paid. And so trying to raise two of you on that salary and that. Um, your brother was the first one to become a, what at that time in life they called him a latchkey kid. Where you would go home by yourselves for maybe an hour or so mm. without me there stuff so that was really hard knowing that until you guys got older where if I wanted to stay after work for an extra hour or something I could without worrying about you and that but up till that point I was always uh, when I felt like your brother was old enough to keep an eye on you a little bit at what age was that your brother was probably You were probably about eight or nine 
And then your brother was, so he was 12, 11, mm -hmm. 12, right in there. And I think that's, I still thank God every day for that, that he never let anything bad happen or anything like that. Yeah, he was, he was a really good big brother. Not was, he still is. <laughs> <laughs> but sadly, even me and my brother, we don't get to talk or see each other very often either. Because mm -hmm. we have kind of dispersed all over the place. But I think internally, we're all still very, very tight and very strong. Um, how do you think your mom's, grandma's parenting had any effect on yours? A lot, because that's what I swore I would never let, um, how do I want to put it? I would never let what happened to me happen to my kids. Or I would never let my kids. Because we could be pretty mean with our mom too. And I swore I would never let my kids control me like. Kind of like we controlled her basically I guess is what I want to say. She wasn't much. She wasn't a disciplinary person much. We just. You know, we kind of had to grow up on our own, and we kind of had to take care of ourselves and stuff. Did that make you angry or sad? It, or I think did it made it... me a lot stricter. But one thing I can say, she taught us very much our politeness, our respect for other people. Mm -hmm. Even though we didn't have much respect for her, we knew we You feel like you didn't have respect for your mom? Not that much, no. What was it about her that you didn't have that respect for her? Because she didn't make anybody have respect for her, even my stepdad. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know. Yeah. And, that, and I mean, I'm not saying we treated her bad, because we didn't really treat her bad, but we didn't, like our house was never clean. Mm -hmm. Our house always looked like a pigsty. You know, we were never forced to clean our rooms or forced to, you know, mm -hmm. take care of stuff. And that's where... I feel like I was kind of strict with you guys on that kind of stuff because I didn't want you guys to ever bring home your friends and have the house look like a... Were you embarrassed to have people over yeah, as a kid? I wouldn't ask. Anybody to come over? No, or I'd have them wait outside for me. Or... My mom was very strict on the way our house was and she kept our house very... Nice and tight. Well, she had one area that she would have. Like her, her mess area. But we always had to keep our rooms cleaned and 
we were responsible for the, doing that. And if we didn't, I remember she would come in because I used to shove everything under my bed. And what's funny is Pua does the same thing. <laughs> and my mom would tell me, if you want all your stuff still, you better clean your room the way I want it clean or I'm coming in there and you're not going to have anything left. And she was stuck to her word. I remember one time she went into my room and everything was gone afterwards. <laughs> Except for my bed. <laughs> so, I do remember. Remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I... We're pretty strict on our kids with that stuff too, but sometimes it's so hard because we're so busy. Like, I don't know how you did it because you were hardly... Especially after you and dad divorced. Like, you were never there, but we still had like this fear of you that if it wasn't clean by the time you got home <laughs> and I never beat you, you but, like I, I know you she so. did it she didn't she was actually like <laughs> the nicest mom all my friends always wanted to come to our house because they just loved my mom but I don't know that's funny well mama okay. thank you so much You're for welcome. sharing and doing this with me on my podcast you're welcome i think this can kind of just give and i think with every generation we do better for ourselves for our family legacy you know i think that's i think that was in you and i don't even think you really realized it at the time but it's something that i and, and not just me but even myron like he grew up in a single family and um you know, he had a, his mom, I mean, he had a lot of people around, like his grandma and his aunts and uncles, but he's an only child, but it's something we always talk about that we want to leave a different legacy for our kids. We don't want to leave the same legacy, whether that's, we don't want them, you know, like we'll fight for our marriage because we want our children to grow up. And I mean, we love each other. Like if it got that bad, obviously, you know, that's something I think I commend my mom for, you know, having that courage to leave. My dad wasn't a super bad man. But <laughs> well, he, he was a he, great man. He was man. actually a really great man. He just didn't treat her very well. But um, well, yeah, probably he, better than the others yeah. did after yeah. him. <laughs> but, you know, we all make mistakes. Um, but something we want our kids to to have that, you know, cohesive family and we fight we argue um but we fight for what we really want and you know even financially we're trying to do better for our children and education wise we're trying to do better for our children and I think with each generation you just try to do better and if you don't then what's the point right right um but thank you mama you're welcome Love you. Love you too. And hopefully this just... I know there's no real advice or anything, but if you can just take what my mom, what you've heard that she kind of learned and changed from her upbringing to my upbringing and now to me parenting my own daughters. And I think when you hear what my daughter has to say, I think you'll see... You know, we're we're doing that. We're making that change and we're um 
we're raising strong, independent women. And I think that's really important to do, especially in this society today. And not to give men a bad rap because I think we very much need the men in our lives. But I want my girls to know that they don't need a man to be successful or to be important or um, to, to just be. Like, they can do that on their own. And once they do that, then they can have a healthy relationship. And I think my mom taught me that as well. Like, I'm very much my own person. And together, my husband and I grow together. And we, we change, we evolve, but we do it together and we support each other in that. So that's something that's really important to me to teach to my girls as well. So thank you, Mama. I think you did an awesome job of that. You're welcome. Thank you, listeners. And next week, um, I will not have a show next week just because I have my test finally coming up. Um, on the 21st. So I will be studying. I've already been studying, studying, studying. But next week I'm going to take the week off just to really study and make my mind right for this test so I can pass. And enjoy and thank you guys for listening. We're going to move into the bonus um, recording with my daughter. I thought my mom and I would create a spot to put it in her segment, but we just really got into it and it got really good and kind of forgot to create that spot. So up next, you will get to hear the segment with Puelani, my oldest daughter. So enjoy and happy listening. So as I promised, I have my oldest daughter. Uh, Her name is Puelani. Puelani, do you want to tell them what your name means in Mm -hmm. Hawaiian? Heavenly flower. Heavenly flower. So, um, we're just kind of doing this generational thing. So I just had some questions for Puolani, and she's just going to share her thoughts and feelings. She is nine years old now. She will be 10 in six more months, which is crazy to me. I can't believe you're going to be seven. Still double digits are coming up. So, I sent her a list of questions earlier so that she could get a chance to look them over and uh, think about her answers. So, I have not heard her answers, so this should be very interesting. But, what, first tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell me a little, tell tell my audience a little Um, bit about Pua Girl. I'm nine years old. Um, I live in, I Moved to Texas from Hawaii. Um, um, actually, a few months ago, it's almost been a year that we've been here. Um, I have a lot of family members. Too many for me to count. Um, what do you like to do? I like to go on my iPod te- and text my friends. And I like to, um, and I really like to, um, sometimes when my friends are over, play outside with them. 
And then I'll play with makeup and stuff. She's nine, you guys, nine. And they're already texting and playing with makeup. Oh my gosh, what has this world turned into? <laughs> so, what is your favorite thing about me being your mom? Um, that you are nice to me. I'm nice to you? How am I nice to you? Because you give me cuddles when I want you to, and you do, and when I want to tickle you. I... Okay, can you explain to people what cuddles is for you, though? Um, My child does not like normal cuddles. <laughs> if she says cuddle her, she really means... What does that really mean for you, Pua? Tickle me. Tickles. She loves to be tickled. <laughs> She's trying to tickle me right now. <laughs> Crazy girl, sit down. Okay. Wait, is it still? Yeah, we're still on. So, what is the most annoying thing I do as your mom? Oh my gosh, this is so easy. You always interfere. Interfere with what? When I'm talking to my friends, you'd be like, oh my god. Um, you'll be like, oh my gosh, Pilla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does that embarrass you? No. So I'm not as cool as you and your friends? No. I'm not cool anymore? No. I'm the coolest. You have no idea how cool your mama is. <laughs> Okay, now for something a little more serious, though. What could mommy do better? What could... Well, first, what do you think has been mommy's biggest parenting fail in your nine years? Nothing. Can't think of anything. You can't? No. Can you think of what I could do better as a mom? Really? Because mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure almost on a daily basis you tell me, you're mean. <laughs> <sighs> I don't like you. Have you ever said that to mommy? No. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my Next goodness. Next question. What what's the most? You? Um, What's the most annoying thing I do? Oh, wait. You already asked me that question. Number four, do I show you love the way you like to be loved? Yes. And how's that? By tickling me. By tickling you? By, no, no, not by tickling me, by cuddling me. By cuddling <laughs> you. Number five, what's the funniest thing mommy does? Oh, so this one time. Oh, this could be a bad thing that I asked her this question. So this one time we were in my bed and... I yelled at my mom because she farted. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody farts, but this was stinky. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Remind. It smelled like my friend's fart. <laughs> Five. Oh, wait. Six. Would you trade me for a different mommy? Yeah. I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, no. You wouldn't trade me? Nope. Oh, I'm so... Well, unless you were a very abusive and strict mom. And I'm like, can I trade you? Can you I don't think adopted? I'm strict? I mean, I'm not abusive, but you don't think I'm strict? No, not really. Really? Strict would mean like... Like, strict, if I was... If you were strict, you would have been like... 
you would have been like actually like you would if you were strict you would have been like you would have been like um if you were strict you would have been like yelling yelling like when you're when you're mad you'll like yell but not like yell yell like some moms actually yell like Okay. Wow. Have you heard a mom yell like that before? No. Okay. <laughs> Do you think mommy and daddy are strict with our rules? Uh, yeah, because we're only allowed to watch shows. Uh, uh, we have to play for at least in, like two hours, and then we get an hour of showtime. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and it's so sad. <laughs> but plus we always have like friends over and stuff so that's good yeah that's gucci gucci oh so this goodness. one time my friend we were running back from her car and she was like where are gucci movies oh my gosh okay anyways so we are going to say goodbye to pua now thank you so much no! pua girl she has to go to bed. She no. has school tomorrow. No, I don't. She's lying. But thank you so much for being on. Is there any wisdom you want to tell my audience who has daughters? Like to those moms that have daughters that maybe are struggling to connect with them or... Um, connect to your daughters, people. And make sure your daughters are happy because girls don't want to be miserable and depressed all the time. They want to be happy. But how can they do that? Um, by cuddling them more and maybe, um, and maybe once they come home, they like, um, hug them for like five, ten minutes and then go do their work stuff and then come back. Okay. Before they're like so old that they're like, Mom, I don't want to do that with you. True. The wise words from Puolani Kamihara. That's why Thank I try you, to Pua. get my Mommy loves with her. Because when I'm 13, I'm going to be like, sorry, Mom, I'm going out with my friend. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to think about that moment. Not that I say that. And you're like, do you want to go to Mom's but I'm sorry. I don't want to think about like, that sorry, moment. Mom, no, no, no. And then we play this song. And I'm sure all. And the other day, like. I'm sure all you moms out there understand that. She is very true in that. Hug your babies, comfort them, love on them as much as you can because they are going to get to that age where they are going to be like, nope, I want nothing to do with you anymore. But it'll come back around. It will as they become adults. I tell my girls this all the time. So thank you, Puolani. Thank you so very much for joining in on Mommy's podcast. You did a great job. You will. Uh, 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 <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Challenge of the Purpose podcast. This has been Moana coming at you today. If you enjoyed what you listened to, if you have any questions or comments and any feedback really, You can message me on the Facebook page, Challenge With A Purpose, or you can follow me and message me on Instagram at live1.30. That's live, the numerical one, dot numerical 30. Thank you again for listening, and I'll catch you next week.